Welcome back to the Supercoach Champions podcast. This is the late mail edition for round 12. It's Thursday. We've got footy tonight and I'm excited, but what a week we have. Uh, We've got some bumper wackers, whispers, some real, really important stuff. And uh, as always, we deal with your Twitter questions. So without further ado, let's just jump straight into it. Here are the round 12 wackers, whispers. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. So starting with the Thursday night game, we've got the Dragons against the Rabbitohs. The Dragons firstly have Michele Ravalawa in some doubt after suffering a knee injury last weekend. He has taken part in the captain's run though, so that's good news, but his knee is strapped up. Uh, he's expected to play, but obviously he'll need to pull up well today. Dufty, Lomax and Aitken all had some uh, minor issues, a dislocated finger for Dufty. A knee issue for Lomax and uh, some rib concerns for Aitken, but all took part in the captain's run should play. Jordan Pereira both return. Sorry, Jordan Pereira and Tariq Sims both return after missing games due to suspension. And uh, they still have Corbin Sims and Jason Saab remaining in the 19. I assume Saab will come in if Ravalawa misses out. On the Bunnies side, the Rabbitohs are expected to be 1-17, uh, with Wayne Bennett confirming on Wednesday that Liam Knight returns from his ankle injury. Alex Johnston has required, required required protocols to play after failing his game day HIA last week, but interestingly enough, obviously when he was saying that he's passed it, that had only been five days, I think, uh, or four days, and the protocol usually takes five, six days. So there are there's probably some doubts there, I guess. Um, Corey Allen is on standby, so if Alex Johnston doesn't play, um, Allen will come onto the wing. Uh, Wayne Bitter also confirmed that Jack Johns was left out of the side just to get some match fitness into some of the fringe players of the squad. And uh, for some of us, Lachelle Mitchell returns after missing the last few games due to suspension. And for the Tigers and Warriors, first game on Friday, Tigers might have one change to their 17 with Josh Reynolds a chance to come onto the bench, and that will replace either Luke Brooks or Sam McIntyre if McIntyre ends up being ruled out due to uh, concussion. Adam Dewey trained with the squad during the week, and he will play despite the fact that he failed to finish last week's game due to concussion. Harry Grant, shoulder, Luke Garner, concussion, and Thomas McKayley, knee, as well as the champion Alex Twole himself, uh, knee concern, and Josh Alloway with a calf issue. All of them should be good to go after they all train during the week. Uh, But it sounds like a fair few of these Tigers are carrying some bumps and bruises into this game. On the Warriors' side, they expect to be 1-17, with Wade Egan, um, who had a hip concern, and Patrick Herbert, who didn't finish last game due to concussion, both just having to get through the captain's run in order to be fit to play. And obviously new lone players, George Jennings and Daniel Alvaro, will come to the team. Alvaro will start from the bench. George Jennings should line up on that left wing uh, beside Peter Hiku. On to the Friday night game, the, sh- the Broncos and the Sharks. Broncos do have Anthony Milford and Payne Haas. Uh, in some doubt, Milford with a hamstring, Penhas just sore uh, after they trained with the re- rehab group early in the week. They'll need to take part in the captain's run today uh, to play, so obviously keep an eye out for all the news on Twitter. Turpin reco- returns from a broken leg. He'll start a hooker with backup hooker Isaac Luke, uh, also returning from suspension. On the Sharks side, they do have Jesse Ramian in doubt 
uh, given the hamstring injury he suffered last game. He's going to be checked at the captain's run, but Wacker's uh, gut feel is that he expects Raymond to be ruled out. That'll see Bryson Goodwin come in at centre. There are some doubts also with Josh Dugan uh, due to a hamstring injury he suffered at training last week. Did some light running during the week, and he'll just need to pass a fitness test to play. If he's ruled out, though, Siosifa Talaka will play centre, and Braden Trindle will come onto the bench. Jack Williams should start again with Toby Rudolph dropping to the bench, just like the late change last week. Uh, I mean, obviously that cast some concerns over Rudolph's minutes, but, I mean, Rudolph got almost 60 minutes last week off the bench, although that was partially due to some injuries. And thankfully, Sione Katoa cleared to play after his HIA last week, but he did pass the required protocols and trained with the squad this week, so he should be good to go. First game on Saturday got the Roosters and Titans. The Roosters do have Matt Ikevalu in some doubt after he failed to finish the game last week due to a corked fire, uh, but he is expected to play. Kiri, who had a head knock and also a knee concern, Joey Manu, a uh, copped knock, and Tupanua, who had a, a nasty poke in an eye, I think, last week. They should all overcome their bumps and bruises to play, so Roosters ultimately expected to be 1-17 with no late changes, subject to Ikevalu final news there. On the Titans side, they came through the Panthers game with no major injury concerns, but they do have Keegan Hipgrave and Sam Lissone named to return uh, after both were rested last week, managing uh, AC shoulder joint injuries. The only possible change to the 17 actually being AJ Brimson returning from his back injury, and he might replace Tana Boyd on the bench. So apparently Brimson has completed full training the past couple of weeks, so that's really encouraging signs for the young kid. Then for the Cowboys and the Raiders, the Cowboys uh, are missing Josh McGuire, who failed his challenge at the judiciary. He's out for one game. So Molo will start at prop, and then either Jake Granville or Ben Hampton will come onto the bench. Uh, their rookie 5'8", Dijon, the mustard, uh, RC has been ruled out after he suffered a knee injury early in the last game. So Mitch Dunn's currently named to replacement at 5'8", but uh, the chances are John Asiata will return from knee injury this week after he trained during the, during the week with the squad, and that could see him come in and partner Jake Clifford in the halves, as he's done in the past. McLean just needs to get through the finals captain's run to play after he trained with the squad all week, so signs are looking good for him there. And then Connolly, Lemulu, trained with the team and should play after missing the game last week. On the Raiders' side, obviously, they still have Joey Tarpanay and Josh Papali, both in some doubt due to the fact that they need the official clearance from the Queensland government to travel to Queensland to play, given their um, you know, anti-vaccination or non-flu jab position for various medical slash religious reasons. I thought I heard Papali had been cleared, but obviously that may not be true yet, so that'll be interesting to see what goes on there. Uh, good news for Bateman fans, obviously he just needs to tick the final box of getting through the captain's run in order to be confirmed to return from his shoulder surgery. This will be the first game for him this year since the grand final last year, so uh, obviously really exciting times for Raiders fans, even though they are losing him at the end of this season. Jordan Rapana needs to repass the required concussion protocols after he failed to finish the game on the weekend due to a head knock. Uh, he went off late in the game, though, so I'm not entirely sure if he failed his HIA or it just didn't have enough time to pass, but either way, he's got to go through the protocols regardless. Curtis Scott returns after missing the last two games due to an arm infection. And new signing Corey Harawira-Naira makes his club debut from the bench. 
Uh, and he only came into the Raiders bubble late on Monday afternoon, so that's good for him. Then the Saturday night game, the Seagulls and the Panthers. The Seagulls are expected to have one change, Dylan Walker coming back from his foot injury. That's going to see him start at 5'8", which may see uh, Cade Cust drop to the bench and Lachlan Croker dropping out of the 17. Joel Thompson's been named despite him suffering an ankle injury early in the game last week. He is in some doubt though, so if he's ruled out, Corey Waddell will start on the, right, uh, on the left edge. rather, And Morgan Boyle, who's returning from a groin injury, will come onto the bench. Marty DePau should overcome a foot injury to play after he did pick up a left foot injury last last weekend. And for the Panthers, they have Viliami Kikau expected to return from a calf injury he suffered at training last week. That was the reason for his late withdrawal. Now, Api Corosau has been named on an extended bench. If he can overcome his elbow injury, he'll come into the side to replace Mitch Kenny. And Josh Mansour suffered a knock to the knee last weekend, but should be okay to play. While, as suspected, Charlie Staines might come onto that right wing to replace Malachi Watini Zelezniak after Staines finally returned to the NRL bubble after he missed two games due to the COVID-19 breach after his debut. Then the first game on Sunday, Bulldogs and Eels. Bulldogs expect to be 1-17 with no injuries leading into the game. Tim Laffey, obviously their new signing, uh, he's going to play on the left side. So he'll slot into his preferred left center position. That'll force Jake Avrillo to switch to the right center spot uh, to accommodate that. On the Eels, obviously Ryan Madison, he is in doubt given the concussion from last week. He just, as always, he needs to pass the required protocols. Um, it's just the reports are he has progressed, but um, it's just a matter of yeah whether the Eels choose to play him or not. 10-day turnaround, though, he's a chance to play. He will need to take place, uh, take part in the main field session of work, uh, which is meant to be today, the Thursday, or at least his captain's run on Saturday in order to be a confirmed starter. So sounds like we will know on Saturday, fingers crossed. Now, if Maddo is ruled out, Davey will start in the second row with Brad Takarangi coming onto the bench. And otherwise, Kafusi and Evans both return from a broken hand and a calf strain and uh, both should be right to return after missing those games due to injury. And finally, big news for the Storm and the Knights game. The Storm do have Cameron Munster in some doubt given he failed to finish the game on the weekend. He did train with the squad during the, during the week, so he should play, but... Uh, there's some question marks there. Now, Tom Eisenhuth has returned to training after he recovered from his hamstring injury. Should return on the bench with Storm expected to be 1-17. to Now, Jesse Bromwich is close to returning from his knee injury, but he's most likely going to be given one more week off to make sure his knee is 100% right for the run home. On the night side, they're expecting to be 1-17. to Only player in some doubt is Kurt Mann, as he continues to manage his ankle injury, but ex- expected to play, basically. Uh, Phoenix Crossland named on the bench to play first game back after recovering uh, from his injury, but what's likely to see happen is uh, Kurt Mann will move to hooker to give Chris Randall a rest, and Crossland will spend time at 5-8. Now, the big concern here for the Storm is that apparently uh, Wacko's noticed there's been a big move in betting against the Storm, and usually that only happens when there's a, a major out, such as Cameron Munster or maybe even Cameron Smith being rested. So, Big question mark there, and it's really tough because obviously that's the last game of the round. So we've got to think about how you're going to manage that. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. All right, 
on to your questions for this week. So just grabbing them off Twitter as usual. Again, make sure you follow us on NRLSC underscore champions where we tweet out each week to grab your questions. So the first one comes in from at J underscore dub 86. Is it worth doing what I can to bring in Teddy or is he expected to drop a bit in the next few weeks? So I think the answer to this could be yes to both actually. So, uh, I mean, even if he scores 200s in the next two weeks, he will drop roughly 100 to 110,000. So he's going to drop cash. And if he doesn't score 200s, obviously that will be an even bigger cash drop. And he could end up as cheap as 700, 750 in the next couple of weeks. However, uh, I think it's still worthwhile bringing him in because he's firstly got the Titans. Teddy has an 80.7 career average against the Titans, but in his two games as a rooster against them, he's scored 155 and 82. Uh, in his previous games, uh, other six games with the Tigers, 91, 65, 37, 58, 82, and 116. So, look, I think it's safe to say that the Roosters uh, obviously are a better team than the Tigers, and I think Teddy playing that Roosters team against the Titans, who, I mean... They've been a little bit better this year, but they've been struggling against the fullback position for so many years. Especially a good fullback like Teddy. He's going to smash him, I reckon. And, you know, 140, 150-plus, very much a, a real chance of happening. And then you look ahead to the Dragons, who... Teddy's got a 77.9 career average against them. And in his four games against them as a rooster, 57, 134, 61, and 108. So that's a 90 average across four games. And then even at the Tigers, 70, 83, 35, 95, 76, 94. So that's a 75.5 average. So look, you're going to pay an arm and a leg, or really two arms and two legs to get the Teddy this week, but I think it's going to be worth it. And you know, not having Teddy when he went large against the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago, that really tanked my season because I had uh, one of the fullback options who didn't go very well. And it was a literally, you know, almost a 200-point turnaround in a short period of time. So that really hurt, given, you know, so many people captained him against the Cowboys as well. So, yeah, I think get him in. Break your team. It's it's time. Uh, next question comes in from at Tony Alex Howell. Hey, fellas, who scores more over the next three, four weeks, Nofaluma or Murray? Look, I think this is a tough one because I've spoken, like, especially this week, I've spoken about Nofo having a great next three weeks. So obviously this week against the Warriors, then the Knights, which is not that tough of a matchup right now. Uh, and then obviously after that, he's got another easy matchup uh, against the Bulldogs. So, you know, I really like that three-week span. But then afterwards, like I've spoken about, you know, the, it gets really hard for the Tigers. Now, that may or may not really have a huge impact on Nofaluma, but... You know, again, we look at probabilities, we look at the ch- likelihood of things happening, and I have to say, you know, I would back Nofo for a lower score against the Roosters than you would against the, you know, a lower score against the Bulldogs. Like that's just the way you look at it, right? In comparison, Murray also has a really good three-week draw, uh, with obviously the Dragons this week, Broncos, Cowboys, and then Seagulls probably have Tommy Toba back by then. But you know, I think I would back. Murray against the Seagulls to score better than Nofo against the Roosters. So in a vacuum, I think I would have to actually say Murray, but it really just depends on what your Santa looks like. Like if you are trotting out like you know a, a hammer 
or a Xavier Coates or something as your fourth center wing, then absolutely your priority is to upgrade that position because the gap between, say, a Jai Arrow or, a, you know, even a Lucy Lelua, Jaden Sua, someone like that to Murray is going to be smaller than the gap between a, you know, a, a bit of a rookie, cheapy center wing to a Nofaluma. So that's probably what I would look at there. And look along the same lines, at, at Alex underscore McFarlane, Cam Murray or SJ, I'd be trading at either Butcher or Luai respectively. So, look, I, again, in a vacuum, I'd, like, I'd pick SJ, but I would rather have Cam Murray and Luai than Butcher and SJ. So I would have to say Cam Murray for you. Um, next question comes in from at Kayo4L. Thoughts on Mitch Barnett? Look, I laid them out, I think, on the Tuesday podcast, but I like Barnett for Supercoach. You know, when he's played 80 on an edge, I think a couple of years back, he averaged about 70 for half a season. And when he gets big minutes, like, he, he doesn't play that differently on the edge than he does with, you know, when he plays at lock. It's just the minutes. Edge usually gets 80 minutes. Lock usually gets around 50 and the fact is, on the edge, he gets more opportunity for attacking starts. He attacks the edges a bit more, got a bit of an offload, can set up a try through, you know, going wide and then offloading to one of the outside backs there. So it's tough because obviously he's named at lock this week, and I don't know if he's going to just play 50 minutes and just be in a middle, or whether he might start at lock and then shift out onto the edge when Guerra goes off or something like that. Like, I'd, I probably would watch and just see the rotation if you can for a week and just decide after that. But yeah, I do like Barnett as a super coach option if he gets the minutes and has the right role. All right, next question comes in from Adam Robertson 78. If ruled out this week, are we holding Mato or trading someone that plays late in the week? For example, Clemmer. Yeah, like I said on the early, earlier podcast, I really think uh, that's a good strategy. If you've got a dual position enough who can play late in the round. So someone from the Bulldogs, Eels, Storm, or Knights that you can swap and, you know, do a matter. Like, if he drops out, he's not in the final 17, uh, come teamless, or even if he drops out in the 24-hour teamless beforehand, then, yeah, matter out to Clemmer, I think, is a great trade. I I kind of don't have an issue if people just want to roll the dice and just trade out matter. Like, worst-case scenario, he does play and he scores 80-90. That hurts, but... He's still going to drop some cash, and if you've at least put that 643000 of matter um, to someone else who can get at least a 70-80, like, you can buy Matto in two weeks, and he might be 70 grand cheaper, 80 grand cheaper, and, you know, it's not the end of the world. You've, you've rolled the dice, basically, and if, if, he, if you trade him out early and he does miss the game, then you're laughing, you know? You're, you're, you're going to have the advantage of not having to worry about matter whether he plays or not this week or whatever and you know get some premium points elsewhere uh so yeah look absolutely i can i have no issues especially going matter to clamor if you can make that work after you see final team list that is the ideal outcome i think next question comes from at mitch underscore phillips looking to go kurt and luai out to murray and moses is moses still uh i assume still a buy with matter potentially out this week look i think moses at four hundred seven thousand is pretty good uh, value like he's got a 70 break even so there's a chance that he might drop price uh, he in his career has only averaged 56.9 as an eel playing against the Bulldogs so that's actually across seven games and his two highest scores 110 and then 60 
So he doesn't have a great record against the Bulldogs, and I will admit, though, like, this is a different season. So uh, I think that's that's a fair comment to make. And the Eels are better in 2020. The Bulldogs arguably are worse. But, you know, they're off a tough win against the Knights. In a dry game, you'd kind of back the Bulldogs to struggle a bit to, you know, get into that slow, spoiling type of grindy type of game where I think they've done that in the past, the para. Like, they did it in round one this year. And that Moses only scored 32. So I don't think it's a a guarantee that Moses goes well this week. Uh, But, look, I do... I've spoken about Murray. I like him as a buy this week. So Kerr and Luai out to Murray and Moses. Look, I don't mind that. If that's the only way you can make it work. I mean, I don't mind even if you can find a way to upgrade Kerr to Murray without training out Luai. Because I I think Luai's a... Honestly, he's a perfectly fine hold. Like, you know, he's got the Warriors in two weeks' time, and that's going to be a great game for him, I reckon. So, yeah, look, I, I think at 407,000, you're going to get Moses in. He's probably going to average maybe 55, 60, 65 at best, I reckon, for the rest of the season. That's value. So, I don't think it's a bad trade in. I just might temper my expectations on his score this week and maybe some of his scores for the rest of the year. Next question comes from at Tane Sarajevo. Who to play for last reserve, Marty Tapao or James Fisher-Harris? Uh, I think first off, I would say JFH there because Marty Tapao, as you heard in Micah's Whispers, still coming off a left foot injury and you know his minutes have been a little bit lower um, as a result of you know Fenua Blake returning and things like that. Um, so yeah, I would lean JFH for that reason. I think they would have a bit of a tougher game this week. Uh, just, you know, last week they were pretty comfortable, so his minutes were lower, and yeah. Also, how do you think Ponga will fare this week? He has so many injuries in his team against Melbourne, I'm concerned. Look, I get that. I can understand why you'd be concerned. But Ponga, he actually has been pretty good against the Storm. I think his last scores generally have been like 67, 60, 65, and then 112. So he's gone pretty well against the Storm as a knight that he's only played them four times and those are his four scores so 60 to 112 is his range so far I think sometimes even with you know less other players in the team that almost good for Ponga because it makes means that he has to touch the ball more whereas in the past he's kind of been able to sit back and let man do a bit more or uh, you know whatever so I think if you've got Ponga you got to play him uh, I don't know if I'd trade him in is my other thing because that was one of the things I thought about going Pappenhausen to Ponga this week but I decided against it just because you know at the end of the day I think I would lean towards um, Pappenhausen probably scoring better than Ponga this week but uh, it's, it's, it's really tough because Ponga he's a freak he can do whatever he wants against any team he wants and he's seen he's shown that against the Storm so far this year already so I think yeah I think he'll be fun to play just don't captain him obviously um, next question from at Hex Real. Is Tupanua or Moses the better trading target this round? Both likely take my last reserve position. I do like Tupanua. I think he would be my pick out of those two. Just the matchup itself, like, is every chance he's going to get to score a try again, but uh, maybe with a line break this time. I get he was a little bit low based that wise last week, but I think partially that was due to his eye poke. He wasn't really in great shape afterwards. He still played out the game, though, but... Uh, look, Kiri was going to him constantly. Lots of short balls, kicked, kicked for him as well. So uh, up against Ash Taylor, I uh, do like 
um, Tupanua's chance of scoring a try this week. So that would be where I'd lean. But like I said before, I don't think you can go too far wrong with Moses. He's great value at the price that he is at the moment. Next question for uh, from at space underscore cadet. Um, bringing Cook or Ponga this week. Look, I, w- I would have to lean Cookie definitely with that with that draw. <laughs> uh, the next three weeks are going to be great for him. Uh, and like I said, Ponga t- it's rough this week against the Storm. You know, like I said, Ponga can turn it on, but. Again, we deal in probabilities, likelihoods of things happening, and you'd always back someone to not perform against the Storm over someone who's going to have an easy matchup against the Dragons, and Cook's Cook's got a great record. I think he had 120 uh, on them, you know, not too many not too many games ago, so he's definitely got a bit of a ceiling there at all as well. And last question comes in from Dan at Barker Storm Tiger. Thoughts, and can you please ask Guy about the Roosters? Are they doing the minimum to win? If so, are their SC irrelevant? Or will they fire up in points on offer? Please discuss Ikevalu and Hall. Buy, sell, hold. Thanks, champions. Uh, look, I have uh, shot your question to Guy. I, unfortunately, I haven't heard back yet. But I'll get him to tweet in response or when I hear back. But look, for me, I don't think the Roosters are doing the minimum to win. I genuinely feel the Warriors just really turned up last week and put in great effort. Uh, I think maybe the Roosters were a little bit flat. Uh, is probably the the most I can say, but like I can't see the Titans doing what the Warriors did, and obviously the weather was a big factor too. And I, I imagine Trent Robinson would have the Roosters fired up for a big game this week to bounce back from a pretty mediocre showing. So I don't think they're doing, doing the bare minimum to win. I think this could be a big score for the Roosters. So I would play my Roosters with confidence this week. You know, I did talk about maybe they're tapering their training a little bit to, you know, it's a bit of a different season, so they've got a time when they want to, uh, I guess, do time when they're going to peak in the season, so they're obviously going to make a good run for the finals. So maybe that's part of it. That's why they're a little bit flat at the moment, but I think even the flat roosters will be able to handle the Titans easily. Now, Hall, I think if you got him, you, you play him. Uh, if you don't have him, I don't know if you'll buy him just because I think Tupo's back next week or the week after, so you're only going to get him for a week or two. Not much cash there to make because his break-even's not particularly low. Uh, Ikevalu's got that 112 break-even, I think, thereabouts. So with him, look, I think he's if he scores 70, he's not going to drop bulk cash. It's just if he drops another 20 or 30 score, um, that's, the, that's the problem. So to be honest, I think I would just hold if I had Ikevalu. Um, obviously subject to whether he's playing or not. Uh, you know, there's the potential that you could just go Ikevalu down to Hall. So you get a, you know, get some, get a piece of the action still, but you free up a, bulk, a, a lot of cash to make upgrades elsewhere. So I don't mind that if you want to do that. But if you've got Ikevalu and Hall, I just roll them out. Enjoy the potential, you know, one to four tries between the two of them. Uh but yeah, look, I, I wouldn't have any doubts about the Roosters. They're going to fire up again soon. And you know, Titans, Dragons, and they'll definitely be up for that Storm game. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be worried at all about them. So thank you for the questions. Um, I think that's all we've got this this week. So that's great. Uh, hopefully I've answered them. If you are unclear about anything I've said, shoot me a tweet. on. Um, you can get me at, at CatfishSC or just tweet the main account as well. That's fine as well. Well, in terms of where I'm at the moment, I'm a little bit thrown by this Munster news, right? So 
if he's late withdrawal, I'm in trouble because my five eights are Milford and Munster, and obviously I don't don't really want to play Milford if I can avoid it. And Munster's last game in the round, so if he's out, then I don't have like he's going to be my starting five eight, so I'll be stuck. So I'm kind of wondering about my options here because I mean, one hand I could just trade him out, but who do I trade him to, right? It's <laughs> it's the Knights, like, and they don't really have a five eight option that I can bring in. So, it's a real dilemma. I haven't quite figured out what I'm going to do. I might just see what my A is going to be like because I've got what Avrilo, Milford, and Brudolph at this moment as my A's. So, <laughs> at least I'll have seen what Milford scores. I'll, I'll know what Rudolph scores. I mean, Avrilo, I think he's going to be a 30 40 score. So, that's not ideal. So, it's a tough. I, have, I honestly haven't decided at the moment what I'm going to do here. So, I'm really struggling a bit. But, yeah, hopefully we get some news sooner rather than later um, on, on whether Munster's going to play. But I think I would definitely plan ahead for this because, especially if Matto's out, right? Because then I'm going to cop two uh, issues there. And I, my team's not ready for that. <laughs> I can't get two AEs, obviously. So, yeah, I, I honestly um, hope that you've had a chance to review the whispers and pl- make, make adjustments for your trades and your your reserve planning because it's going to be critical this week with so many potential late outs that are so late in the in the round so uh look i mean i guess i could potentially trade if i have fire if i do find out before the last game i could try trade munster down to dylan brown so i gather i get have a player uh in that five position and i i mean i've been a big fan of dill bags for a while so it's not the end of the world if i get him but yeah that's a real tough one <laughs> In terms of yeah my trades, I I was looking at trying to get Cam Smith in for Coruscant, but I'm almost tempted now that Coruscant is actually going to... He's a chance of returning this week. Um, if not, you'd think if he's this close, he'll be ready for next week. So I might actually hold him. His ownership dropped from like 47% all the way down to 20 23%. And I can guarantee some of those are dead teams, zombie teams. So it might actually be a bit of a pod mood to just hold him for a bit. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily going to smash it the way he did before because obviously there's this injury risk here. But, you know, where I've got other issues to fix in my team, it, it's not the end of the world to be stuck with him. I am looking at maybe fixing finally my Isaiah Yo mistake and also really like Nofaluma. So I was previously looking at Pappenhausen and maybe like a Tessie New or someone like that out uh via some dual positions so I could move Milford to fullback I can move Sean Johnson to 5'8 and then that means I could start Johnson and Munster would be my one of my reserves so that's one of the potential plans I could look at but again this means I have to commit to trading at Pappenhausen if Munster's out I would love to have Pappenhausen to be able to play him so oh, I'm, I'm really torn to <laughs> trades this week so but yeah look sorry um, Milford to fullback Sean Johnson to 5'8 and Avrilo to halfback, and that'll let me to bring in, uh, without moving Lomax out of my center wing, to fullback, it would allow me to bring in Nofo or Yo or one of those guys. And to free up some cash, I was actually looking at maybe getting Rapana in. And he's dirt cheap at the moment, and he's not the Rapana from before. I'm not expecting a 70, 65, even 60 average. But you look at that run for the Raiders, and it is so good. Like... Obviously, he's going to play fullback against the Cowboys this week, which fullbacks have gone really well against the Cowboys. 
I'll point that out. But then afterwards he gets so a tough game against the Panthers, like that's fine. But then by that time maybe he's back to the wing. And then he'll get to play the Broncos, the Titans, the Bulldogs. That's rounds fourteen to sixteen. I would assume he's on the wing by then. And then yep, another tough game against the Roosters, so bench him for that. But then Dragons, Warriors, and then Sharks. That's a pretty kind last seven or eight rounds. So I really don't mind taking the punter Rapana. He's cheap, you downgrade, free from cash. And worst case scenario, you trade him out after round 16 for someone who's got a better run for the last couple of rounds. Like, what's the loss here? Um, at 260,000, I think that's a decent dart throw. And if he scores you a couple of 60s in between that, you're laughing. Um, and, you know, we know Rapana can go large. And whilst he doesn't look great this year, but, you know, he's got more time to build his fitness. He's going to play fullback this week. That'll help. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning, hey, and it's hard because I do like Rapana as a player, but he's he's obviously not in great shape at the moment, and that's fair enough because of all the, <laughs> the fact that he was going to play rugby and then he didn't get to play any rugby, didn't get to train, had to come back. Uh, so he's had a pretty disrupted situation here. But, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at at the moment. So um, I'm also thinking of getting Murray because I do like Murray a lot, like I've spoken about. And, yeah, look... I'm I'm very torn. <laughs> I'll try to tweet out again when, when I finally decide what I'm going to do. But yeah, look, like last week, there's every chance I just suddenly backflip and find something else that takes my fancy and jump on. So I'll definitely try to give everyone the heads up, just so you know what to try avoid. Right? I'm still rocking that touch of death for this year. But look, that's enough rambling for me. Thank you for listening. Um, make sure you plan ahead it's a it's if of all weeks you need to plan ahead and make plans and make contingencies for late withdrawals this is it so good luck with that have a good one